Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for Sports Minutes. Elliot Danka and Ziaul Raushan back with a lot of football action and a little bit less sleep. Yeah, I think the sacrifice of sleep was well worth it because it set up the week in a brilliant way, especially for us uh, Manchester United fans. I know. Uh, so Manchester United, in case you missed it, where have you been? Uh, beat Brighton on penalties. I believe it's uh, 7-6. to six, And they're into the final. A mega final, by the way, because it's a Manchester derby. Manchester City taking on Manchester United. Yeah, more fortunate prospect, especially if you're a City fan because they clearly go into it as favourites. But hey, for Manchester United to make it to the final already was a big deal. I had my doubts over this semi-final tie over Brighton just because of the way Brighton have been playing, the team Mm. that Brighton are, and the situation that Manchester United found themselves in going into that competition, right? But Mm -hmm. let's be honest, you talk about a sacrifice of sleep. Halfway through the game, I was wondering why I even bothered because it was quite a lackluster game to say the least. It was a drag. Both teams were very cagey. It was stop-start halfway through. But eventually, it's the result that matters and Manchester United some way, somehow, got themselves through to the final on penalties. I think Brighton were very unlucky to miss out in the circumstances that they did. But football's a cruel game sometimes and for Brighton, that day turned out to be pretty cruel. But for Manchester United, I think plenty of positives. I think Ten Hag can be proud of bringing this team to two finals, uh, two domestic finals. I think... They've had their low points in the season, but the high points have been good and there's plenty to look forward to if this is just the first season in charge for Ten Hag. Yeah, I mean, just like you, I switched off in the second half, came back in extra time. Uh, For some of us here in Singapore, we're lucky enough to enjoy some of these uh, free channels throughout the festive season as these uh, uh, major carriers tend to do. So that was a a nice touch. It was a nice way to spend the the weekend. Uh, But yeah, I got bored. In fact, I kind of fell asleep, changed channels, came back for the extra time period where United were a lot more lively. Good substitutions, as we've been seeing from Ten Hag. Uh, surprisingly, David De Gea really wanted to make up for that mistake he made in the middle of the week last week. But the real issue now is going into the final with Manchester City, <coughs> a, a team that is going after the treble. Um, what do Manchester United need to do to beat City? Look, it's going to be a tall, tall order because we've touched on it before. Manchester City are absolutely purring at the right time, right? They've got yep. goal scorers left, right and centre. It's not just about Haaland. So it's going to be a big, big test. But I think the motivation will be there for Manchester United because as much as Manchester City are in their pomp, they're winning all the trophies, that treble that Manchester United won in 1999 remains unprecedented, remains yep. never done before. City look on course to do it provided they get past Real Madrid in the semi-final of the Champions League. But now, Manchester United have a chance to ruin that blue party. And I think that's all the motivation uh, Manchester United will need to take on the City side. Uh, Manchester United did lose to City in a big way at the start of the season back in September. But since then, they've won them in the League 2-1. I believe Marcus Rashford got the winner. So there is some proof in the pudding that Manchester United know their way around this City team. But I think ultimately, motivation will play a big part. And it could end up City already gunning for the title in the Champions League final to look forward to and the FA Cup then becomes the chance for them to win a treble. So City are going to be equally motivated. But I think Ten Hag deserves massive credit for even getting Manchester United in this position purely because he's had to deal with so much of not his own doing. He's had to deal with the Ronaldo saga. He's had to deal with injuries beyond to all his key personnel. He's had to deal with the ownership issue. But somehow he's managed to steady this ship and give a cup final and two cup finals to the Manchester United fans. So I think for Ten Hag, it's a season well done, even if he goes on to lose the final. 
Yeah, it's a 21st FA Cup final, so that's on par with only Arsenal Football Club, who themselves are going for league glory. Unfortunately, uh, had a bit of a stumbling block. We'll talk about them in just a bit. Uh, but Eric Ten Hag, you know, must be very happy to see Marcus Rashford looking quite lively and Victor Lindelof stepping up. As for Real Madrid versus Manchester City... I think that this could be the tie that determines whether or not United have a chance at FA Cup glory. And the reason I say that is, if, let's say, City stumble against Madrid, you're going to get a City that's out for revenge, that wants to get something, especially since the FA Cup is after the Premier League, right? You don't want to walk away empty-handed. But if City beat Real Madrid and get into the next stage of the Champions League, they could potentially be distracted here because they are not used to fighting for glory on three fronts. You know, they're very used yeah. to being, you know, domi- dominating in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if they do end up being dumped out of the Champions League, then it's all, all to play yeah. for in the FA Cup. They'll want to complete that double because I firmly believe uh, City are going to go on to win the Premier League, right? So it's expected that they'll put all their eggs then in the FA Cup basket. But I don't know if I agree that if they're in the Champions League, they might be short-sighted slightly. Purely because okay. City have this immense squad. They have a group of players who... It's not just a squad in terms of numbers, but in terms of tactical flexibility. I think Guardiola has been there long enough to mould the players that when a replacement comes in to replace someone in the first team, it almost seems like seamless. There is no problem at all. So in that way, they have the strongest squad in England, definitely. Maybe in Europe, some might argue. So I think City have to go in as favourites. But to throw a cliche in there, it is a cup final. The form book goes out of the way. It's one day at Wembley and I think the fans will make the most of it. I think the teams will make the most of it. I do worry about, you talk about squad depth, I think Manchester United are going to struggle in a big, big way because the wheels are coming off in terms of injuries. We've had both our centre-backs out injured. Marcus Rashford, I take your point, he did look lively towards the later stages of the game, but he looked laboured. It looks like he's playing through some pain. Anthony Martial, can he really be counted to, to deliver the goods over 90 minutes. When he's good, he's really good. When he's not, he's anonymous. So I think, yeah. if anything, Ten Hag has bigger problems with his squad and the way they are falling as the walking dead compared to Man City. So I think that sets it up for a very, very intriguing final. All things said, I think now till June 3rd when the final is being played, I think there's some breathing space for both the teams to try and settle other issues. Manchester United to secure top four. City perhaps to get the title done. And then June 3rd, it's that one showpiece event. And the most exciting thing is I'm going to be in London for the final. So I can't Ooh. wait. Wow. Oh, you have to take photos. Give me a I, I'm memorabilia. Trying, I'm trying to get tickets at this point. So we oh, shall see wow. how that goes. Oh my gosh. And suddenly I'm very excited for you. I'm so happy to hear this. Now, you, you firmly believe that Manchester City could go on to win the title. It is no longer in Arsenal's hands after a three-all draw. They are now 75 points with two games in hand, which means if City <laughs> win those two games from 70 points, they go up to 76 points. Uh, and that's a point ahead of Arsenal. They just need to win their remaining fixtures and the title is Manchester City's. Before the past weekend, before Arsenal drew three-all miraculously against bottom place Southampton, we already said yeah. the eggs were in City's basket, right? They mathematically had it in their own hands. I think we talk about the element of cracking under pressure. Arsenal are displaying all of it now. I know it's great uh, respect for a team to come back down from 2-0 and then 3-1 to come back and draw three-all. But when you're in the thick of things, when you're in the final stretch, you don't expect to be conceding goals the way Arsenal are doing. And that's why I firmly believe at this point, it's going to be a very, very disappointing season for Arsenal because they've sat in first place for so long. So for them to finish bridesmaid is going to be very hard for them to take. And I'm with Rio Ferdinand on this one. He came out and said, look, if Manchester United have won just the League Cup and finished 
top three, they have had a better yeah. season than Arsenal. And I agree because I think Arsenal, yes, they've gone done well to go from fifth to first, second, wherever they are this season. But to lose the title in the circumstances that they have or they will end up losing, I think it's going to be painful to take. I think uh, Manchester United will also have had a better season than Liverpool, who managed a 3-2 win against uh, Nottingham. Okay, Jurgen Klopp believing that things have changed for his side. All they're trying to do now is get into Europe. Yeah, I think that's bare minimum for a team like Liverpool, yeah. especially with, with the rebuild they have in mind, right? They want to go out and buy new players, refresh the squad. They need the carrot of European football. And I think that's the desperation in terms of why Jurgen Klopp wants to finish at least within the Europa League, if not Champions League places. I do suspect it's a bit too difficult. We'll touch on Newcastle and how brilliant they've been in a short while. But for Liverpool, it's almost clicking into gear a bit too late. They've just won two games in a row and that's the first time they've done it since, I believe, yeah. November or something. So, it's consistency has been a big, big problem for Liverpool. And I know they're hoping for this final hurrah towards the mm. end of the season. But somehow, I think it's out of Liverpool's hands at this point. I think there's teams around them who deserve it a bit more and have put on consistent performances across the season to deserve or warrant a place in the top four. So Liverpool, perhaps Europa League football, not so much Champions League football. Can we talk a little bit about how Newcastle United is going to be the team to beat next season? I mean, what a brilliant display against Spurs. 6-1, humiliation, goodbye Spurs. I don't think they're getting into the top four. See them in the Europa League. But Newcastle United, the talking point has to be how smooth they play football. Alexander Isak, oh my gosh, why didn't we get this guy? Yeah, superb, superb player, right? I think Newcastle deserve massive credit. Just a quick mention of Spurs here. I think them and Chelsea mm. are vying for who has the biggest trouble trophy this season because both those clubs are in so much disarray, Spurs and Chelsea, that it's becoming a joke. Coming back to Newcastle to race into a final lead after 20 minutes, it just, I don't know, is it Newcastle being supreme or is it Spurs being shambolic? That's a question for the listeners, right? But I think mm. Newcastle all season long have been this well-oiled machine. And what I really like about Newcastle is they haven't gone about new money the way other clubs have gone about new money. They haven't thrown money at the shiny new toy and just tried to build a team around that player, right? They've bought economically, they've bought strategically and they've built a good team. Yes, Alexander Isak came for big money. We talk about the two goals he scored. But look at the likes of Jacob Murphy, who was a squad player, if anything. Joe Willock, yeah. who was an Arsenal reject trying to refine his career at Newcastle. Yeah. Suddenly being important players under Eddie Howe's Newcastle. I think Eddie Howe deserves massive credit for building a squad there that is now fighting for itself. And I think they totally deserve to be in the top four. And hey, I grew up in an era where Sir Bobby Robson used to always guide Newcastle into the top four. It's nice to have them back, especially because of the way they're going about it. The current caretaker over at Spurs, uh, Christian Stellini, is saying after the match, it's not even about tactics. They just could not fight against Newcastle United. Wow. Uh, this, this, that, that stadium, St. James's Park, is going to be bouncing with Champions League football next season. Um, speaking of which, uh, another place that's going to be bouncing uh, is a certain show that uh, you can watch on those uh, streaming apps uh, because Ryan Reynolds, the Hollywood actor, has propelled it to fame Wrexham soccer team or Wrexham football club uh, who's now playing in the fourth highest tier of English football from next season. I like how you say Wrexham soccer team. That's probably what Ryan Reynolds calls it, yeah. right, being American <laughs> and all that. It's brilliant. It's such a Hollywood story. I mean, I'm not sure if you watch Ted Lasso, but I watch Ted Lasso on yeah. Apple TV, right? And it's brilliant. And to see that almost happen in real life with this Wrexham team in terms of what 
they have Hollywood owners, they've had the whole media uh, eye on them, they've got TikTok on the center of their shirt, they've got sponsors, Brilliant. they've got they've got this feel good factor around the club. They've added the likes of Ben Foster who we know comes yeah. with great cloud now playing for his first club. There's there's a lot of storylines to follow here but sometimes with this Hollywood stories it ends as stories. To see Wrexham actually turn that into success on the pitch is quite exciting. I know a lot of fans are getting carried away because like you rightly point out the National Football League is what the fourth tier? Fifth yeah. tier? Fourth or something, right? So yeah. it's not the heights they want to. It's just the first step in the right direction. That may be as good as it gets for Ryan Reynolds and his Wrexham team but I think it's exciting that it's a story to follow for all these fans that an underdog can do it and everyone loves an underdog story. I mean, slow and steady. And, and what's nice is uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, as the owner, has enough time to uh, get to grips with the rules of football and all that. I mean, for, in America, they call it soccer, right? Exactly. Um, Hollywood A-listers get to be involved as well. It's 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 a nice, as you said, feel-good story. And he looks like an owner that has vested interest. And I want to point out Wrexham because I feel that this is ownership done humble and done smart. Yes, he has money, but he's not like oil money that we've seen in other football clubs, right? So it's a nice slow build-up. There's a lot of teamwork involved. And <laughs> Paul Rudd being involved with the celebrations, come on, man. I mean, you don't get more happier than that. Exactly. The feel-good factor is unmatched almost, right? And to your point, it is ownership done right. Ryan Reynolds yeah. and other owners are often at the game. They see themselves as fans themselves. They 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 immerse themselves in the whole Wrexham experience. And they are totally giving to the club as much as they are taking away from the club. I think some can argue that they try to make it too much Hollywood by allowing inside access for documentaries and stuff like that. But you can see that they actually care about this club and they are proper invested. And hey, Wrexham are on the grid now. They have... Uh, pre-season friendlies coming up against Manchester United and Chelsea. I'm not sure if you've seen that uh, teaser video uh, Ryan Reynolds does with Sir Alex Ferguson. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's marketing yeah. done right, and it's and it's and it's it's needed in this day and age where there's so much um, frustration or people are jaded with certain ownerships or certain clubs being run in certain ways. This is such a breath of fresh air, and I think that's why we are all lapping onto this story and enjoying it so much, the Wrexham fairytale. Yeah, head over to YouTube and check out the video of uh, Ryan Reynolds gate-crashing Wrexham's uh, post-match press conference uh, where he asks Ben Foster for his jersey. Have a listen. Foster. (laughs) This is his jersey. (laughs) This stinks, by the way. Honestly, this absolutely stinks. Are you wearing an undershirt? Yeah. Give me a jersey. Can't say that. He's the only guy. Are you putting that on eBay, Ryan? You know what's going on? I work in show business, being full of heart. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.